Hey everybody, welcome to 34 for 34. This is episode two, and you're hearing this on Wednesday, August 19th, 2020. This is episode two, and on every Wednesday until election day, we're going to meet somebody from David's team. Sometimes it'll be an actual team member, sometimes it'll be a volunteer, um, but we want to get into the mind and understand why somebody would support David through their actual actions of stepping up to be a volunteer or even a staffer. So today, in our first staffer uh, interview, I'm so excited to introduce you to the treasurer and fundraising director for David Kim's campaign, Tristine Yin. Hi, Tristine. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for having me. You are not only a staff member, but you are also a constituent in the 34th district. So I'm really excited to learn about you and to learn about why you are actually spending your days and your time on all your energy in making sure that David gets elected. Share with us a little bit more about Tristine and your background. I am Taiwanese-American. I was born in Taiwan, grew up on the East Coast, and I have a creative and artistic background, primarily dance and music um, as, a, as an educator and performer and, and choreographer and director. And on a more right-leaning perspective, um, I supplemented my, my work my, as in, in the arts with, with sales jobs. Um, and so fundraising for children in poverty, from, from that to, you know, selling medical journals to institutions across the world, um, I think that that's where my fundraising chops came in to help with, with the campaign. But, you know, outside of outside of that, I am primarily an artist and a storyteller. Excellent. Thank you for sharing that. I hear artist. I hear professional salesperson, a little bit in a nonprofit space. And for those listening, as for myself, how do we go from that version of Tristine to becoming the fundraising director and treasurer for perhaps one of the more progressive and left-leaning congressional candidates that we've seen in a long time? How did you get into politics? I never stepped into politics deliberately. I always was on the outskirts, child, daughter of immigrant parents that speak little to no English still to this day. So there wasn't any, there weren't any conversations in my household talking about like city council meetings and, you know, elections and U.S. history <laughs> whatsoever. Um, my experience with politics was, was really focused on, you know, my dad passing down his nationalistic roots in, in Taiwanese, in Taiwanese politics. But in, so in American politics, I was, you know, it was just, it was, I was, since I was born in Taiwan and I grew up in a, in a primarily white town, I was um, just inherently an outsider um, in many ways, you know, socially, culturally, politically, all of that. And so it's just something that I watched happen, <laughs> unfortunately, um, but took out my frustrations with what I was watching through the arts. <laughs> and so artists, for me, and, and the practice of art, the, the craft of the art, the sharing of the art, the, and even the product, hopefully, sometimes is, is about um, giving voice to the current times. And I was finding that my artistic pursuits and my artistic communities were speaking to the needs of my community and the country more authentically and impactfully than, than politicians. Um, 
and so I think I think 2016 was a was a big turning point and wake wake up call for a lot of Americans politically speaking. I was certainly on board with that, and moving I moved I moved to LA about a year and a half ago with everything sort of in limbo and um, was amazed and intrigued discovering that a fellow Taiwanese American was running for president, Andrew <laughs> Yang. And so I followed him as closely as I could, you know, primarily watching clips of him speaking about his signature proposals on YouTube and donated a couple times to him um, and was, you know, sort of as quietly as I could be rooting for, you know, representation purposes, you know, a Taiwanese American, but also, also knowing that like, I had always been very skeptical about trusting career politics in general, just in my experience of like having grown up in, in America during these last three decades where things have really gone awry. Um, so uh, with a video, I saw a video of Andrew and Marianne Williamson speaking and I had never, I had never really heard of Marianne before. I still haven't read any of her books. I tell this to everyone. Um, I had just heard of that, that quote that she's famous for that's often attributed to Nelson Mandela about, your greatest for being, being is, is to, is to be successful, that one. Um, so I never heard of her, but, but everything that she was saying in the, in the conversation with Andrew was like, was just resonating with like, with things that I had been sorely missing in, in leadership and, and governance and not just me that I went all in for Marianne Williamson's campaign and, you know, became grassroots leader here in LA for, for her presidential campaign and, did it, did all the things, you know, hosted campaign circles and did canvassing and street and ground game. And as I was continuing to follow both Andrew and Marianne, even though I like, I just fully, you know, plunged into the volunteer leadership role for her, for her presidential campaign, for her presidential campaign. I do remember saying like, you know, all in for Marianne and everything that she's preaching, which is like politicizing love and bringing care back into the people. Um, I, I did say like, you know, my perfect candidate would be a, a fusion of Andrew Yang and Marianne Williamson. And so when I, when I met David, I was like, here he is. Um, and I wasn't, I wasn't really particularly looking for him. So after Marianne suspended, she, I had the pleasure of meeting her in person as one of her volunteers. And um, she was very, she was very adamant about us focusing on local politics as well. And supporting congressional races and, and making sure that there are progressive seats in, in Congress. And I really took that to heart. And I had like already chosen my top five, you know, progressive candidates here, here, you know, in, in LA that I was following on Instagram, David being one of them and finding myself just being drawn to the messaging that was coming across, which, which was specifically like centered on the people and focused on the people and focused on the communities and focused on uplifting the vulnerable. And it was just this like consistent murmur that was, you know, that I was like, that I found myself like more and more drawn to each, each, each and every time, which is what drew me to sign up for his AMA because I'm actually just to correct you. I'm not a, a I'm not a technical constituent because I don't live in the 34th district, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I've spent most of my time there ah. in the 34th district. So that's why like, I'm aware of, I'm aware of certain things about, about the district and they've affected my daily life here so far in LA. You found what, who you believe to be the perfect candidate, which is 
mm-hmm. the marriage of or the fusion, as you said, of Andrew Yang's policies and the heart and the authenticity that Marianne Williamson brought to the campaign. Why do you believe, Christine, that David Kim is going to be the next congressman out of CA34? Well, it's really necessary. <laughs> it's really necessary for us to have leaders who care in the like the most basic fundamental definition of leadership is is placing people who who see from behind you know who 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 put the people first like you know they say lead from the behind, from behind and i see david doing that i've seen it from i've seen it you know behind the veil through his instagram post to live on on zoom you know in person to also be in person i was i had the pleasure of meeting him in person um, a couple days ago and it's just consistent in his in both his character and his professional practice is to put is to put the people first and it's a no-brainer to me that we that's what leadership deserves and that's what that's what the people deserve and that's what the government was was here for like it's it's in the it's in the first what is it amendment i apologize for my for my poor history facts, but um, <laughs> it, it is the job of the it is the government it is, is it is the job of the government to protect and serve the rights of the people. And when the when the people are not when when the government is not doing their job, then it is the right of the people to step forward and amend or abolish um, said government that is not actually serving the people. And so this is what this movement is about. And David is spearheading that. And so that's why I'm willing to put all of my time in, in making sure that he wins. Excellent. And you are the treasurer and the fundraising director for the campaign. Um, give us a, I don't want to call it an update, give us a glimpse into what fundraising has been like for the David campaign and share with the audience why they should give. Well, we have, first of all, the congressional candidate who came in third in the primary race in the 34th district, Frances Yasmin, obviously suspended her campaign after David claimed the second place in the primaries and is now, she's now coming out of the weeds and, and formally, officially, and proudly endorsing David Kim as the candidate to, to beat coming up in November 3rd, which is amazing because she had 14, over 14,000 votes um, in that district. And we've already reached out to everyone in our network um, because she did say, this is coming straight from the horse's mouth. She's, she did say that there is no one, she, there is no wor- there's no more worthy opponent, opponent than David Kim that she could have lost to. And now she gets to enjoy the perks of campaigning for the movement and campaigning for, for David without the stress of, of being the actual candidate. So that event is happening at the end of this month um, as well as an outburst of um, a series of guest speakers that are that are bound to be super exciting. And more importantly, you get to see David Kim live up close and personal. This is someone that, you know, I can't say it, I can't say it enough, <laughs> as tried as it may sound, but we need to put care back in the government. We need to put and and he does, and that's that's what he's all about. And so by contributing to the campaign, you are unleashing a platform where we can continue to put correct progressives in Congress, um, which is where which is where which is where growth will happen. 
across many levels. So. Well, thanks for sharing your story. You know, obviously, um, I do think that in general, we need more people like him uh, representing us in all levels of government, um, for lack of a better term, somebody who just cares. Yeah. And somebody who cares for us as individuals at the more at the most basic core human level. You've got a tough road ahead. You've got an exciting 77 days ahead of you, 76 days now. Um, so I, I wish you luck. Please come back and, and give us updates and share with us um, as the campaign progresses. Um, and, and what an interesting and fun time to be campaigning without in-person events and without the ability to um, spend as much time as people typically do um, in the final weeks leading up to a very, very, very important campaign. So, uh, Tristine, thanks again. Best of luck. Go to davidkim2020.com. Visit David Kim for Congress on Instagram. Figure out how you can get involved. Figure out how you can donate. Every dollar counts. Every volunteer hour counts in helping to get David elected. So, Tristine, thanks again. Thank you for having me.